What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad, where we talk about the jazz and all things sports. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. It's good to be with you on a pinnacle night for the Utah Jazz and the NBA at large, even though the season hasn't even begun. It's uh, September 1st, 2022, and we're still a good, I don't know, 30 days away, maybe half the month away from camp. And a big day today for the Utah Jazz, Spence. What was going down? So Donovan Mitchell was announced that he was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers today for another haul of a deal that Danny Ainge put together. So basically, during this offseason, there were some three big moves the whole league was looking at. Gobert, Mitchell, and Durant. And we'll touch on all three of those right now. But all three of them have decided where they're going to be for the next season. And looks like Mitchell will be wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. Yeah, big. Everyone thought it would be the New York Knicks. And it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. So much drama, so much back and forth over the last number of weeks since the uh, Rudy Gobert trade, wondering where will Donovan Mitchell go. And quite frankly, the Knicks seemed like to be the only team uh, where he was headed. And then other teams chimed in, but never were seriously considered until the last 48 hours when the Knicks decided to sign RJ Barrett, their first round third pick of the draft to a, an extension, a $30 million a year extension. And that uh, somewhat sent the jazz in a different direction. And Mitchell ended up being in Cleveland. We want to run down who was traded for whom and uh, what Cleveland got. And then we'll tap dance uh, back to Rudy Gobert and then on to Kevin Durant. Yeah. So, uh, so in the trade itself, Mitchell was traded to Cleveland um, and Cleveland sent us Colin Sexton, who ironically just signed a four year deal for the Cavaliers, $72 million. So it was a, it was a, Sign and trade is what they call it. So Colin Sexton, Lori Mackinnon, um, and then Aga, Aga Baji. Sorry, his name's hard to pronounce. He was the March Madness uh, MVP last year, two years ago. So he's a good pick. And then three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps to Utah. So that's kind of a, a big um, package to send over. It's, 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 the Jazz have come out and said that they intend on keeping Colin Sexton, even though he's a little injured. They plan on keeping Laurie Mackinnon, and um, that's what the Jazz are, are looking to do. So interesting that, that uh, Mitchell got traded to Cleveland. I wasn't really expecting it. Like you said, the Jazz were the, – or the Knicks were the, the top contenders for Mitchell. And then I saw all of a sudden news broke that Mitchell was going to Cleveland. I was like, what, Cleveland? That's, that seems like it was out of nowhere. I did read that the Knicks were a little upset that, didn't get, that they didn't get to counter offer, that they feel like the Jazz – had been talking with them and then all of a sudden just jumped to Cleveland after they, the Knicks had signed um, uh, Barrett. So it's a lot of drama on the league for sure. I mean, I didn't think it'd be Cleveland. It was either going to be um, a trade between a bunch of other teams, the Knicks, or it was going to be the um, Heat. So we got a good couple of people coming to Utah and a lot of picks coming our way. Yeah, a lot of picks when Danny Ainge joined the Utah Jazz in December of 2021, the Jazz were actually playing fairly well as a team. And from there on in, seemed to have wavered down the backstretch of the season. In my mind, I think Ainge's presence made a number of players think, okay, 
how does the rest of the season play out, which wasn't very well. And he has now put a stamp, has his fingerprints, is involved in so much what the Jazz have done and quite frankly is being touted as uh, a genius in some ways of getting so much for Rudy Gobert and then so much for Donovan Mitchell, which has set the Jazz up quite nicely for the years to come. I think I saw a note where over the next number of seasons, OKC and the Utah Jazz each have 15 first round picks. Now, I'm not sure whether those are protected, unprotected, but potential movement of 15 first round picks, I think, through the 29 season. Is that correct? Yeah, 15. So they both have the most. And who knows what else is going to happen? Do you want to define what it means to be protected versus unprotected? I think it's the, it's the word itself, right? If I am the Cleveland Cavaliers and I have a first round pick that's protected and it's the 15th pick, um, then I, I, I can take that pick if I land near that pick in the draft order. Okay. Uh, unprotected means it's simply the other team's pick to have that, that picked it up. Yeah, so when the season ended last year, I think everybody, everybody that's a Jazz fan was a little bit frustrated with the lack of production that the Gobert-Mitchell era had brought. I mean, we only made it to the second round with them. That's as far as we got. Uh, at least we made the playoffs with Mitchell and Gobert, but we only got as far as the second round. And so in my opinion, I was like, just blow it up. Let's just get rid of everyone and let's just move on. And that's what Danny Ainge did. And he brought in a lot. I have right here, all the people we got for Gobert and Mitchell. And I can go through them really quick. And it's quite a, it's quite a list of trades that we received for just two players. So it's um, Malik Beasley. So, so Malik, yeah, Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, THT, Stanley Johnson. THT, THT is who? It's Taylor, Tucker Horton, and that comes from the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Johnson, Balmaro. Lake, Lakers. Bomaro. Yep, that came in. That came from Minnesota. Walker Kressler. Minnesota. Vanderbilt. Minnesota. Markinen. Markinen. From the Cleveland Cavaliers. Agbaji. From the Cavs. It's their pick. Yep, and then Sexton. Sexton from the Cavs. What's interesting here is you go through it. Uh, Agbaji and... I think Walker Kessler were the first round picks for the Cavs and the T-Wolves respectively. Mm-hmm. So not, I don't know if it's counting in that number, but not only did they get a haul of picks from the Timberwolves and the Cavaliers, they also got their picks this year. Yeah. So, so it's a pointing towards rebuild for sure. And then for the pick count, we got the 2023 first round pick the 2025 first round pick two of those two first round picks in 2025 uh two 2026 first round picks uh two 2027 first round picks a 2028 swap and then two 2029 first round picks so we are looking to go into a big rebuild area and that kind of um i guess we could talk a little bit more later about what it means for the players that we already have we kept conley we kept clarkson we kept bogdanovich kind of if we're going to keep keeping them or where do you think they're going to go but I want to touch on really quick, what would you rate the moves or what is the grade you would give the um, 
these four teams or these three teams, you got the Jazz. What would you rate them with the Gobert trade and the Mitchell trade? And then what would you rate Minnesota? And what would you grade um, Cleveland? Yeah, surprisingly, and I'm an easy grader. Everybody would love to have me as a, t- as a teacher, a professor. I might give all three teams A's. And here's the reason why. Minnesota wanted to go out and get to the top of the, of the Western Conference as quickly as possible or be competitive. And they knew they were missing one piece um, in that Carl Anthony Towns has become a good center, but a step out center. They needed a defensive presence and they went and got the three-time defensive player of the year. So why wouldn't you give them an A? They probably gave up more than they wanted to, but they got what they wanted. The Cleveland Cavaliers, an up-and-coming team in the Eastern Conference, played really well last year. Darius Garland becoming an all-star. And they go out and get another all-star and pair him with a great rookie and another big center. And why why wouldn't you consider that an eight? Again, possibly gave up more than they wanted to, but they got what they wanted. And then the Jazz, let's just make one thing clear – we went into this year's draft in June with no picks. Yeah. And we come out of it with a bevy of picks, two first rounders and on and on from this season. And what we've done in a matter of 60 to 90 days, have we've retooled the whole future of the franchise, which then would give the Utah Jazz an A. What about you? Yeah, so I'd give the Jazz a BB plus for their efforts. I think they got what they got more than what I was kind of expecting them to get. Um, I think Cleveland's going to be maybe they might be able to break top four in the East. I'd go probably uh, Celtics, Bucks, um, Sixers, maybe Cleveland, and then maybe Miami again. Just depends. But Cleveland jumped from a non-playoff contending team to a mid to high um, ranked team in the East. So I give them an A plus. I think Mitchell would do better in Cleveland than he would have in New York for some reason. I think now that they have one of the best, if not the best, um, back backfield in the NBA now with Mitchell and, and Garland and, and um, Mobley and, and everything. And now I got to say it, it's good that we're not in the East because that's going to be a tough, um, tough conference. I think. Well, I, I mean, you say that the, the West is just as hard. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I mean. mean Fair enough. I mean, we, we talked about this last year. This is the best group of talent in the NBA by far. There, every team has a shot. Well, the majority of teams have a shot. And, well, maybe the Jazz don't really have too much of a shot anymore this year. But um, I think Minnesota, it's hard when you make a trade that helps your competitor because that's exactly what we did. And I think Minnesota is going to have a have a chance to really make an impact on the um the league and the, the yeah you, you yeah you say it's hard to make a trade to a competitor that's in your conference that trade was the precursor to what happened today which is saying we don't really care if you're in our conference and you're better than us because we're going to rebuild so how long is that rebuild going to be for you and then maybe you can talk a little bit more about um, what it means for conley and clarkson and bogdanovich but you say in the future, what is the future? Is that five years, 10 years? Is that two years, three years? Where, where do you see these, um, this rebuild really making us come back in the playoffs? If you don't think we're I think it's a three to, it's a three to five year plan, hopefully sooner rather than later. 
I think to understand where we're going to go in the future, what the rebuild is, you probably have to look at the past and have Danny Ainge put the Celtics together. And here they are with Tatum and, and, and that team in Boston, they'd actually, he had to retool all of that and get ready with Marcus Smart and everybody else. And they made it to the NBA finals this year. And that was probably the end of a four five, six year build. So I think you're looking at some time that said, what I've really appreciated about the moves that have been made is they've put together a team that I want to watch. I still want to watch this team. There were times in the early days of the Gordon Hayward and Kirilenko era that, yeah, I wanted to watch, but I knew there wasn't much there in a 20 win season. This could turn out to be a 20 win, 30 win season, but Colin Sexton is a tremendous player. He's coming off an injury, I believe. Lori Markinen's a great shooter. Yep. Um, you have a lot of young kids. You know, Malik Beasley's a great player. Uh, we could go on down the roster. So when you ask me about how long is the rebuild, I'm not sure, but I will tell you this. This is a team that I want to watch versus a rebuild of a team that I wouldn't want to watch. So it will make it very exciting to watch us mold this team and also start to maybe align some other free agents. And that's what Ainge did in Boston is he started out with a young crew and then molded some veterans around it. Yeah, I think we're looking at a 30 win if we're lucky season this upcoming season. But like you said, it's it's worth it's worth it in a way. I know it's hard to have the, the last five years or four years we've had of just making the playoffs and that excitement of where we're going to end up, especially being number one seed one year. But we might just be a 30 year tap if we're lucky type team. A 30, a 30 win 30 season. Win, yeah. You know, this isn't a podcast about the NBA draft for next year. <laughs> I don't know if the Jazz, you hear the words tanking, you hear the words, oh my gosh, don't win too many games. I really don't know what Ryan Smith as an owner or Danny Ainge or Justin Zanuck or the rest of the crew are thinking. I don't think Ryan Smith's an owner who's saying, hey, let's just not play very well this season and see what comes up in the draft. Clearly we have all the picks to do it, but Ainge might be a guy who has all these picks to do it and everybody says, look at the future. And he might say, ah, no, this is like money to me. I can now go get players that I want. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't see this team. Last year, the Rockets were the worst in the West, and they won 20 games. I think we won more than 20. OKC won 24. Portland won 27. Sacramento won 30. And the Lakers won 33. The cutoff in the play-in was 34 wins. Um Maybe we're a play-in team. Yeah, it's 10th seed. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know what the Jazz are thinking. I just don't see them as an organization that says, yeah, let's just not play well. Colin Sexton's going to go out and play. He's got something to prove. Yeah, I was going to say. Because Garland came in and took his spot, and now he's got a shiny contract. Markkinen has got something to prove, like he was cast away from Cleveland. Well, let me show you what I can do. Malik Beasley from... Minnesota the same way. If Bogey and Connolly stay, Bogey's got a lot to prove. I think Connolly is sunsetting his career. These are guys that don't want to go out and lose and are no names. These are guys that can go out and really play. Yeah, I, I think Sexton's going to be the leading scorer on the team now. I think he averaged around 20 points when he was healthy. So he might be the center focus of the offense and 
And I think we have the players that are still ambitious enough to come out and play. I don't think it'll be like Houston where it just seems like they didn't really want to be playing as much. Um, and you could, to answer your question, you don't know what's going to happen in the future drafts. And it is a little bit harder to talk about it now. Uh, we're not wishing away the season, but if you want to put your tinfoil hat on, LeBron James' son, Bronny James, will be entering the draft at some point in the next five years. And if we get him, LeBron has said he wants to come play wherever his son plays. Yeah, LeBron recently said, I think he wants to play with both sons, which yeah. means he'd have to pay for a that number of years. Yeah. I, listen, do, that's, a, that's a ticket sale move. It's, I don't know if it's a run to the championship move no. to go get LeBron. And I don't see him playing for 10 bucks. I see him playing for a lot of money. Here's another interesting thing. And I haven't thought about this until just now. We watched in the Gobert trade, Patrick Beverly come in and then go out. I, I wouldn't put it past anyone or Danny Ainge or anyone right now. Is there a possibility that some of the pieces that we got today from Cleveland make their way out and he does another trade? Well, I read that. I just read after a couple hours after they made the trade that they were planning on keeping Sexton. They were planning on keeping. I, I would I would imagine so. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, what if somebody said, "Oh my gosh, we really wanted Colin Sexton, and we have X Y Z player," and we go, "Oh my gosh, that's who we want." More moves are going to happen now around the league, or maybe not. But everybody was waiting for Mitchell the for Mitchell's decision to be made, and everybody was waiting for Durant's decision to be made. It, it seems like. A lot of teams are holding their breath to see what's going to happen. And now everything that they were waiting for has happened. So maybe more moves will open up and more teams will get a little bit aggressive now that the big people have made their decision. Yeah, things certainly are, are crystallizing. Going back to the Gobert trade, and maybe, maybe the rest of this conversation can be about emotions. We've now lost Donovan Mitchell. We've now lost Rudy Gobert. Um, kind of hard to swallow a little bit knowing that these guys were so great and seemed as though they wanted to be in Utah and now they're both gone. I think earlier today we talked about this. It takes, in my mind, a special player, a special person to really go to Utah and stay in Utah and want to be in Utah um, because the glitz and glam is definitely not there. It's almost like you're on an island. You're not near him another major city, but Gobert, I think could have stayed. And yeah. yet he was the first one shipped out. I don't know if Donovan would have stayed. He seemed like he got into a point in his career where it just wasn't where he wanted to be. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's what it seemed like near the end. And you asked the question earlier today, would you rather be a player playing in Salt Lake or would you rather be in Cleveland? I immediately said, I'd rather be in Cleveland. And the reason why I said that, is because most players want to be near bigger cities and Cleveland has a major league baseball team and Cleveland has an NFL football team and Cleveland's, you know, a stone's throw away from some other major cities. So it makes it easier for you to travel to or be a part of that might be what it's on player, but it takes another player to see the other side of that and say, no, I want to play for the only team in the city, the only team in the state, the only team that really matters on a professional level and for a great owner and a great GM and, a, and, a, and an up-and-coming coach. But I think right now, if you're a player not knowing much about Salt Lake, you're going, oh, I'd rather play in Cleveland. I think Mackinnon's going to like it here. I think Sexton has something to prove. Um, and Clarkson likes it here. I think Bogdanovich, like, Bogdanovich likes it here and Conley. But I don't know what that means for those later, latter three. 
But yeah, Salt Lake, I mean, isn't necessarily everybody's go-to place. And I think we'll be happy with who we get. It does seem like we are a team that we're going to win the playoffs. It's going to come from a draft. No one's really going to come and sign here and play for us. It's going to be well, a better, kind yeah. of like it was with Mitchell where he signed to um, – to, we got him out of the draft. It's going to be something like that where we get somebody in the next two to three years that's going to stay with us till the end. Yeah, it's interesting as you think back, brought up a good point. If you think back, Mitchell comes in, just has a stellar rookie season, rookie of the year as a first year player. Uh, you know, we, we made, we beat OKC in the playoffs. We have other playoff runs during his five year. And you thought for a moment, at least I did, oh my gosh, this is going to be our Carl Malone. This is going to be our John Stockton. He's going nowhere. And he was doing all the right things, saying all the right things. It's just interesting. The minute, the minute the pandemic hit, the minute that social issues started to come into play, the minute that the rift between him and Gobert seemed to have gone, been correct and gone public, it's like his whole mind shift seemed to have changed. And he said, and it was almost like he was saying, but not saying it like, I don't know if I want to be here. And you wonder how it all went down behind closed doors. Did he say to Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith, hey, listen, I'm not going to say anything public, but if you're going to break up this team, I, I really don't want to be here either. Because how often do you go out and trade two all-stars yeah. And especially one like Donovan Mitchell. And you got to give maybe Ainge some, some credit because he did, he was able to um, trade these players in their prime. And I guess that's kind of, I mean, maybe it's not a hard thing to do, but we were able to trade these people at the peak of the career. It wasn't like they were leaving and they had already had been washed up and we're just trying to just get washed up all-stars out. We we're able to trade them at, at a moment where they were high valued. So he definitely yeah. was able to get them out at high value. And now Mitchell, or yeah, Donovan's going to go back and join Ricky Rubio, his old friend in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah I looked on a website today. I think Howell Neto's there as well. So oh, that's true. Uh, I don't know how he ended up there. I thought he was in Washington, but he made his way over there as well. It, it, I'm not that super prepared to chat about it, but just talking out loud, you look at the Jazz roster, I have no idea who we really have. I have no idea who plays what position. Starts. I don't really have an idea of who starts. One thing I saw today, though, and you could we could take five or ten different angles here, but what does this say about Jared Butler? Uh, you know, here's a guy who wins a national championship, actually played okay last year in stretches for the Jazz, looked to be maybe the replacement for Mike Conley at point guard, what do you do with Jared Butler? What do you do with Rudy Gay? What, what do you do with a Stanley Johnson? You know, we were all last week, at least me, Taylor Horton Tucker was going to be, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be great. You know, what do you do with Jordan Clarkson? I, I, it's such a mystery right now yeah. as to who plays and how do they mesh? Because you actually have some good athletes on this team. And athletics is kind of what we're going for. And I think it just comes down to a lot of experiment, a lot of trying at the beginning of the season. We're clearly not in it. I mean, you're always in it to win it, but we're 
We're, we're not going, you can say it. We're not going to win with this team. Yeah. We're not going to win an NBA. It's going to take a lot of experimenting. It's going to take a lot of, I mean, we got a new coach. We forget about that too. A whole new coach. So we're going to just play each game and see how, what works, what doesn't work, what fits and what doesn't fit. It's, it's going to be an experimental season and looking towards the future. And I just wanted to get right, right as we're running out of time, who are you most excited about? For me, I'm excited about Laurie Mackinnon. I think he is going to be a, he's on the up in his, he's only played a couple seasons, but he's on the up. He's gotten better each season. So if he can do that again, he was averaging about 14 points a game, uh, about six or seven rebounds and a couple of blocks. So if he's going to do better than he did last season, then that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. Here's, Who are you excited about? Boy, it's like I just ran through a list of people that I really want to see play well. Um, the thing about Markinen is he he has a knock, and it's a knock on something that really hurt us, and that's defense. He is a he and 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 Bogey are somewhat cut from the same cloth. Good offensive players, sharp shooters when they need to be. Markin's a little bit bigger and goes underneath a little bit more, but they're going to have to play defense. I think it's going to be interesting to see how our coach coaches and does he impress defense because Markinen might not be that defensive player. I I guess I'll go with the other one that came today and that's Colin Sexton. I really liked him early on, totally shocked that he got injured, totally shocked that all of a sudden he's almost a no name and his contract really doesn't say how much I really thought he was worth. Um, but but it's also going to be interesting if the team holds, how does Jordan Clarkson fit into all this? You said it a second ago, which I really like. We haven't really been an uber athletic team. And Jordan Clarkson was that athlete, and we all just like, that's our guy. <laughs> now you've got a whole bunch of athletes running all over the place. We haven't even talked about, you know, Nicole – Alexander Walker, who we thought would come in and be a great athlete. You know, now you've got Taylor Horton Tucker and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and Colin Sexton. Um, I'd really love to see how Colin Sexton, because quite frankly, I think we're handing the team to a Colin Sexton. He's got a four-year deal and he was a rising star prior to the injury. Exciting times for sure. I'm very excited to see how the season um, progresses and if we make any other moves and who we can get with those other moves, but it looks like we are looking towards the future and that's always a good sign. So um, let's put it this way. When the Gobert trade goes down, you're like, okay, where are we going? Mitchell's rumored to go. Now he's gone. You would have been thinking, Oh gosh, this is not, but again, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago. This will be exciting to watch. This will be a team where you'll go to, you'll, you'll, you'll tune into every game or go to the game at Vivint and say, I just want to go see some good basketball. I think you're going to te- get a team that is going to hustle. I don't think you're going to get a team that says, let's just pack it in. I like that. I, I just, I, I don't see that. But some of the other things we didn't talk about, so much to talk about in this offseason. We didn't talk about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and that whole crew there in Brooklyn, which will be interesting. Um, but the NBA, I said it last year, again, if you're a basketball fan, how do you not wake up every day between October and June 
and not be excited about what could be happening that night. Even if it's not your team playing, there's just incredible athletes that are out there. I agree. And it's going to be an exciting season. Well, this has been a quick little preview for what's going to come and, and we're excited and we're going to have a lot more episodes coming up this, this next season. And hopefully our takes make sense. And, and this season is a successful season for the jazz. All right, dad, is there anything else you have? Ah, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll get back on track and most likely choose key days during the week where we'll be on and it'll be regular where that's every Monday and every Thursday or every Tuesday and Thursday. And that'll give our listeners an opportunity to know, okay, this is my day that I listen to after the game, regardless if there's been a game or not. And we'll give you key insights to the previous games and what's coming up in the following games. So really excited for the season. And, th- and today's trade only enhances that excitement. I love it. All right. Thanks, dad. See you.